0: And like us on Facebook.com forward slash the Dash Radio. Thanks and enjoy the
2: show. Hello and welcome to the Dash Radio. This is Don Wright deBronts and I am I am hurrying to go get my co host Peter Mingle. Peter's here. <laughs> He's here. Oh, excellent, because Dawn is so under the weather. <laughs> that I sound like an 80-year-old man. But I'm here, you know, this show business. (laughs) The
3: show must go on.
2: The show must go on. So what are we talking about today, Pete?
3: I mm, was thinking about doing something a little bit on the light side. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. So we had some really cool calls last week. One of my favorite calls we had last week was from our paranormal guy. And if you recall, our paranormal guy brought... An Echo, and we haven't had an Echo since, nor nope. before. Oh. So I I was just thinking about something, and for all those people listening, realize that I am a Wall Street Journal fan. I really love the Wall Street Journal, and I found an article over here, Don, that I think <clears throat> might help. You ready?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Why divas need make no apology, <laughs> demanding people get a bad rap but behind the tantrums and the drama lie lessons in success. So I figured since you are the hippie diva, we might as well read this article if you know okay, what I mean. yes,
2: of course. Important.
3: I deserve combat pay,
4: and now I know why. Does think all
3: divas are women? <laughs> well, no. Excuse me, that I... Oh, am I allowed to editorialize? I think you'll know what I'm
4: editorializing.
3: <laughs> or that they all behave all are badly behaved as a diva might say wrong 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 the concept of a diva originated on the opera stage but divas and their male counterpart divos. i didn't know there was such a thing as a divo i just figured they were diva too are everywhere today at work in social groups in public places and even help us at home Divas, by definition, are high-performing, high-maintenance narcissists. Some are needy, demanding, and negative. Talk almost incessantly about themselves. Researchers say that the unhealthy divas are the source of their narcissism, usually in low self-esteem. They're constantly trying to pump themselves up. Yet, believe it or not, researchers say, here's the good news, ready? Some divas are healthy They adore the limelight And work hard to always behave In front and center But are willing to make room for others They are spirited and fun And positive Because they assume everyone around them Is interested in them By the way, did I ever tell you about my little sister? So <laughs> She's not on the phone to defend herself
4: So I can speak freely, Mm -hmm.
3: but she was like the little sister who had to be in the middle of everything. Look at me, look at me, look at me. You're not looking at me. Look at me again. Look at me closer. Look at me. And you know what? Sometimes they don't grow up and out of that. So anyway, so here we go. Believe it or not, researchers show that divas are healthy. They adore limelight and work hard and always want to be in front and center, but they're willing to make room for others. They are spirited, fun, and positive. Because they assume everyone's interested in themselves, they share a lot of themselves, and in this way, bring people together. They have the ability to help others enjoy things that aren't normally enjoyable, whether it's a long line at the store, an office meeting, or dinner with the boss. Having a healthy diva around brings a lot of sparkle. So, since you are our hippie diva, Mm -hmm. I just figured I would get your opinion a little bit on my little diva article so far. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I I can tell you that as far as it goes, you know, us divas, we 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 do tend to be a little dramatic, but usually that's for damn good reason, Pete.
3: Oh, and she falls right into the trap.
2: <laughs> it's good reason we we do. I,
3: I understand. I, I understand. So it says right over here. This is uh, this is a quote. I think I think they I'm looking for your picture somewhere closer. <laughs> this is absolutely unacceptable is a common quote.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> when things go awry, divas throw tantrums. Healthy divas though throw a productive tantrum, clearly yeah. explaining the demands to get the results. so here we go so i thought this is a cute little article a little bit about divas but on the fun way
4: one of the reasons
3: why um i like working with you and the rest of the group and i'm sure the rest of the group like works with you too is because it's always a neat little free-spirited energy type of thing and even though we we always like to affectionately say it's high drama we get a lot of stuff done as well so the wall street the wall street journal is definitely one of my favorite articles and when I saw that one, I just said, "Oh my gosh, I have to read mm. that at the beginning of our show." <laughs>
4: well, so, thank you.
3: You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, there's uh, obviously it brings a lot to the table, and there's a whole bunch of other things going on too. Um, just as a, as a little side note, you, we all sometimes hear that my one of my favorites. So I, I'm not a diva, but do you ask me to do bit of this week Well, we're I play going. one on TV.
2: What's that? <laughs> I said I'm not a diva, but I play one on TV. Go okay, ahead. There we go. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so. But uh, you had asked me a little bit about an article, you know, about some stuff previously, and I tell you that TED.com is yeah. one of my favorite references online. So if anybody's unfamiliar with that, they can go to TED, as in the gentleman's first name, TED.com, and uh, there's a lot of really cool articles. And sometimes they have different themes, and the TED.com thing has really evolved uh, in many other places um, to have different themes, like they have themes about children and they have themes about women. And they'll have themes about, um, you know, different things like maybe immigration or stuff like that or uh, stuff re- relative to politics. And I remember as I was going through things that um, sometimes I watch stuff for the purposes of saying there's probably a lesson in here somewhere, but I'm really not sure if I'm going to find it, like if I'm prejudging. So I'll never forget there was one time – actually there's two times – my well, there's lots of times in my life that I usually do that. I, I look – for the opportunity inside of whatever we're looking for. And one time as I was watching a Ted movie, I was seeing a gentleman who was like in a Speedo who was planning on jumping in a frozen lake and swimming across a frozen lake. And I just said to myself, you know, what in the world am I going to learn from the gentleman who's jumping in the frozen lake just trying to swim across, you know, that he's goofy or crazy or maybe himself a little bit on the nutty side, or maybe he's doing it for publicity, or I don't know why he's doing it, but I'm really not so sure if I'm going to take the next 10 or 16 minutes of my life and actually learn anything from this. And then I said, that's exactly why I need to watch it anyway. And when I watched it, you know, he talked about the preparation and everything else like that, but he also realized that when he jumped into the frozen lake, he literally got so cold so quickly, and that had been such a new experience for him. He almost literally, even though it was only a few feet thick, as far as, a few feet deep as far as the water part was concerned, he almost drowned. And as he saved himself, literally almost dying, you know, jumping back out of that and figuring out how to do it so he could do it again, he came across the unbelievable thought process that whatever got me here is not going to solve this problem. So whatever got him there, like the great swimmer that he was and all the different things that he did and all the fundraising and all the other things that he's done and been very successful with, and he figured, okay, I'm just going to swim across this lake, when he hit that cold water, he said, or he learned, that the head that he brought with him was not going to be able to solve those problems. And I thought that was just absolutely magical. And I think it was also played out just recently this ties back a little bit to the network marketing stuff that sometimes we talk about relative to the things that are happening in this industry, kind of talk, kind of talks about, and I'm going to apologize in advance, I don't know all the details, so for all the people that are listening in, if I misspeak, I totally apologize. This is absolutely a, you know, 300-yard view from the top looking down at the scenario that, you know, I'm just reading about and kind of following. But there was the gentleman who runs J.C. Penney's, you know, the department store? Mm-hmm. That literally is just being asked to leave J.C. Penney's because he tried some stuff that just didn't work. And if you look at his background, he was very successful at Apple. And there was a lot of fanfare bringing him over from Apple. And if you've ever been in an Apple store, you realize it's kind of like freaky. You guys took me to my very first Apple store when we were in, where were we, like Nashville? Was it Nashville?
4: I don't mm-hmm. remember. I think it was. Yep.
3: And the whole entire mall was empty except for, like, they were having a party in the Apple store. I mean, it was wall-to-wall, like, 300 people, or at least it felt like. I think there were 50 sales reps on the floor. There weren't 50 sales reps in the whole entire mall, and there were 50 sales reps in the store, and there were lots of people, and they were looking there, and people were interested in trying out stuff and all that sort of stuff. It was the weirdest thing on the planet that so many people in that store, you actually had we were cramped just to get into the store. It was nutty, and... um Obviously, this gentleman helped design those Apple stores, which were usually successful, but when he went to J.C. Penney's, he ultimately, I'm going to say, failed because they took him out and they were replacing him with the old J.C. Penny guy. And he made this couple of mistakes, arguably, in the article. Again, I'm going to give you the surface view. He made a lot of changes without testing them, which would be a mistake. Lots of companies do that in our industry, the network marketing or home-based business industry, but just in like in real life, he didn't test his things. He rolled it out, and they lost their shirt he must have forgot about the core basis of jc penny customers really liking sales so he reduced the number of sales that they had and there was kind of like a revolt cuz customers have a choice and as a result now the stock went way down and now they have a new ceo coming over and taking over and Actually, only by they coincidence they
2: brought the old one no they brought the old one back yeah this is crazy
3: yep so they brought the old one back cuz he wasn't any good you know, before so they brought him back, and um, and what happened was the old, the interesting thing about this is the bringing in the new one previously. This gentleman who um, is having a real struggle with J.C. um, is the gentleman. The named,
2: Johnson guy.
3: Yeah, the Johnson guy is the guy who's on his way out.
2: Yeah, is Ullman, on his way in. Yeah, yeah.
3: But the interesting thing that's happening, and this is where the tie back to network marketing comes in place. Is one of the ones that were super duper adamant about getting him in place, so Johnson in place, was a gentleman named Bill Ackman.
2: Okay.
3: Now, Bill
2: Interesting. Ackman. Interesting.
3: Yeah, so Bill Ackman, for those people unfamiliar, is a pretty vocal guy, and he's a short seller of stocks, admittedly, and he is also doing some things to play around with Herbalife stock and runs the risk of either making or losing $1 billion through, I know I'm going to use the word the wrong way, the manipulation of the price of the stock. So I don't mean that in the negative sense. It's just that if Herbalife stock goes down, Bill Ackman wins. If Herbalife stock stays the same or goes higher, Bill Ackman loses and is a very controversial figure in the network marketing arena. So just like the J.C. Penney. CEO who's leaving, is probably having a couple of tough times, you know, trying to think of what he's going to do next, maybe. Lots of people know what's going on relative to his situation, but Bill Ackman has taken a real big hit on that move, and a lot of people either like Bill or don't like Bill, and a lot of people in network marketing, because he's picked on Herbalife, have a tendency of vilifying Mr. Ackman. So for all those people that will probably be cheering that the J.C. JCPenney stock is lower, um, well that's probably putting Bill Ackman in a precarious situation
4: mm-hmm. and there's some new news
3: about that old Herbalife thing so for those people that are interested in this stuff we'll probably meet you on the other side so if we have somebody spinning records I guess we should probably yes, have actual to, be close to spinning some records
4: <laughs> okay.
1: do you run a home based business? are you looking under every rock for your next superstar diamond in the rough? are you looking for leads in all the wrong places? look no more
0: If you're a seasoned entrepreneur, you know you need the right tools in place to run your online business effectively.
1: If you're brand new at your business and you are looking for top-notch training that will take you and your sales team to the next level...
0: For email marketing, autoresponders, lead management systems, and more, Network Leads is what you need to prospect, communicate, manage, and support your customers and sales organizations.
1: Just go to www.networkleads.com forward slash The Dash Radio and register for your free lead management system today. You've been listening to The Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronce and Peter Mingles.
0: Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at show.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience and like us on facebook.com forward slash the dash radio and now back to the show
2: and we are back with news from the week and mr peter mingles driving the train
4: here we are more about my
2: little diva
3: article if you will
2: yes yes well no i'm I'm sitting here like just with one eye reading about mr ekman he's having a year
3: He's having, he a having
2: tech- quite a year.
3: He's having some years, right. And it's really kind of interesting to see how this stuff plays out. Because what Mr. Act. so for all those people that are kind of curious about this sort of stuff, especially if you're in the network marketing arena, now I have to share with you this. I have a tendency to be a little bit outspoken
4: <laughs> and
3: just, just a little bit outspoken in some of my opinions. But I think in reference to the defense of people in network marketing. Now, we know, for instance, if you've hung out with me at all, and we talked with Bob, you know, our tax guy, and on this stuff before, that I'll use a religious reference. I'm, a, I'm an evangelist about home-based businesses. We love home-based businesses. We, we love people that push and promote home-based businesses the right way. There's a real spirit there. There's real entrepreneurial spirit there. There's so many really great people in this industry. And almost... Uh, Maybe even with no exception All of our guest speakers that we've had Have been home-based business people Whether it's in network marketing Or entrepreneurs Or authors Or musicians They are almost always I don't think any one of the speakers we've ever had Really goes to an office, if you will To go to work So I am definitely a home-based business evangelist When it comes to those things And those things concerned So I try to keep up to date with the stuff that happens below the surface relative to this industry, and hence the reason for Mr. Ackman. Mr. Ackman actually picked on Herbalife. I don't know that much about the company Herbalife. I know they have a really strong reputation. I know a lot of really good people that are distributors. I know they're worldwide. They're one of the darlings in the industry. Uh, I don't think any company is perfect, but they are really doing, I think, the best they possibly can relative to helping affiliates and distributors worldwide. When we, Dawn, were over in your town and Alex and I were waiting for you to do some
4: chemical peel, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. we
3: we looked to the left and there was a Herbalife, actually, like a little retail store. Where there was an Herbalife distributor who opened up his little store for like a juice bar thing in teeny weeny little town and he had like a little fitness music going on it was all about teaching health and nutrition it was just like a really cool place to be and there are hundreds if not thousands of those places all over the world and especially in Hispanic areas like if you go to Queens in New York or those types of places and certainly in all different Spanish-speaking areas, and people are actually making livelihoods out of the Herbalife product and the juices and everything else that they do as far as the shakes are concerned. So I really, really, really love the entrepreneurial spirit of what's going on with them. So when they are being attacked by a gentleman named Bill Ackman, who is basically short-selling their stock, which is for those people that hadn't heard that term before, he's kind of betting that the stocks are going to go low, So when they hit a certain level, he'll make like a billion, like with a capital B, uh, dollars on the stock going down. He actually put in place a whole propaganda scheme to try to eliminate Herbalife, the company, as being a pyramid scheme. Like, close them down. Mm -hmm. Not just complain, not change policies, wipe them out. So he flew on my radar when he is attacking the industry. Now, the interesting part is when you go through Mr. Ackman's stuff, um, he basically made a couple of people mad. Uh, Carl Icahn, or I-C-A-N, who's a bazillionaire, like all over the place, he made him mad several years ago. So now we're watching this stuff play out. But one of the things that he did was he started to throw out one of my pet peeves about our industry, and that is they always show you the lifestyles of the rich and famous, like every single person that ever joined is going to become, like, miraculously wealthy, and they promote that, and they promote that, and they promote that so heavily that we all know that not everyone does that. Yes, there are are exceptions to the rule, and there's a lot of people. I don't know how many thousands or tens of thousands of people that really super do make like well above average income. But the majority of the people buy the product for discounts or they buy the product to kind of like try to be a little entrepreneur and they learn a lot about a lot of things as as they go. And there's hundreds of thousands of people probably, I don't have accurate details to the numbers, but probably hundreds of thousands of people who make a few extra hundred bucks a month. And if you have to be at the top of that little food chain where you have a lot of those people making a couple of extra hundred bucks a month, somebody might be making several thousand or tens of thousands of dollars or maybe even more per month. So people in Herbalife, I'm sure, all across the border either making money or not making any money. But the last thing that I would do is I would consider them to be illegal. Now, the challenge that Mr. Ackman had is basically along the line of saying, listen, all you guys do is promote the rich and famous, the rich and famous, the rich and famous, And as a result of that, it's kind of like false advertising, so they're trying to get a lot of government agencies involved, trying to close this thing down. So there's a little bit of the scuttlebutt. So if there's a little pet peeve that Peter has, it's relative to the over-promising and the over-hyping of a really great and a killer opportunity. So, Don, I don't know if you want to mention anything about that, but it's always been a little pet peeve. I know with you it's kind of like a long time ago you said, who broke my industry?
4: Mm -hmm. Relative
3: to stuff So if you want to comment I don't want to hog the whole conversation
2: Well I mean there's, There's a lot of things That I found really damaging In network marketing Over the past several years You know people promising Team builds Meaning like You don't have to actually Go ahead and work really hard And do whatever it takes And make your own money We're going to try to We're going to go ahead And do it for you um, and and I I found that there are several things that are just really not just um, and some of them come from the right place you know of leaders who are who are tired of only seeing the few excel and well well the 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 many like they they don't really do very well in network marketing but here's the reality you know the people who are going to do good in business and who do whatever it takes and learn and get out of their box and actually get out of their comfort zone and go out and sell their product and actually sell the vision of their company and, and you know, sell the dream, you know. And, and, and you know, I, I have a, a different opinion on the – and um, on the showing people how, you know, if I have succeeded financially, how if you want to also succeed financially, how I did it is how you can do it. Um, you know, I think that it's important for people to have people that have what they want. So that that can become a, a visual picture in their mind and something tangible that they can go after, and somebody that they can actually put in front of them as mentor that they can duplicate, I think that 's an important part of the process um, i don 't think it 's always about the boat or the car you know i think it's many times it 's just about the lifestyle of a person that you want a life similar to. Um, and not everybody wants to be a millionaire, you know. Lots of people just want to have a little more extra time with their family. They can't visualize themselves in the mansion with the boat. Um, and, you know, they can't visualize that. Some people can visualize that. And whatever each person is after is is what needs to be on their mental treasure map. Um, and I think that's really super important. But I think that the stuff that's broken the industry is we, we've <laughs> – as an industry, you know, we've been attacked because everybody can't succeed. But to be quite honest with you, anybody who creates a program where the masses can succeed is targeted as making it too easy by the regulators. So it's not it's not okay to make it so everyone can succeed in network marketing um it's actually quite the opposite it, it becomes illegal if you make it so easy for people to succeed so the the industry is broken and and it's broken in in a bunch of different directions and it's quite frustrating for people like me who came in with you know real old school values and you know you work and sometimes you're going to work a year sometimes two to get to the point of residual income and you know you got to work hard, and you got to work a lot of hours, and you got to sell because it's a sales company. I mean, it's all about making sales. And if you're not making the sales, you have to bring up other people on board to make the sales. But even when you're, you know, at the head of the sales organization, there's a certain number of sales that are your responsibility too. You know, and it's got to be run based on sales. And people just come out of the woodwork telling people they don't have to sell which makes them jump in and then they find out they do have to sell and they're devastated you know so it's it's something that you know it's it's just uh, people have just been really lying to people in network marketing for a long time and that's the thing that I feel is really really dampened and harmed the industry you know it's like yes you can if you work really hard and you do all the right things and you never give up and you're willing to work those 17-hour days and you adopt a model that is a proven model and you get in front of all the right people you too can have great financial success because you know there's there's an equation right peter i mean it's like you know it's 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 just like any McDonald's, you know. If you put it up and you do all the right things and you drive, you got to make sure it's in the right location. Um, but, I mean, if, if you don't live in the right location, you have to be willing to move to a better location, you know. I mean, this is like you have to be willing to do everything in order to go ahead and succeed. And if you do do everything to succeed, inevitably you can succeed, you know. But it's... Um, most people aren't willing to do that kind of sacrificing for success and you know i think that's really the 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 tall order of it all is um you know people are g- get disillusioned when somebody says if you're not making you know ridiculous money within 30 days you're not making at least enough money for it to cover itself in 30 days give up or you know if you can't do it, come over to this team because it's this team's leadership, and we're gonna go ahead and do it for you and create this team build and and that's gonna push your income through well there's no that's welfare that's not network marketing, you know somebody else doing it for you is a welfare statement so it's it's really it's a frustrating industry right now for me you know I think that uh it's it's one of the best industries out there in the world, and that uh You know, it's in a vice right now, so the the industry is really struggling a little bit, in my opinion, right now.
3: Absolutely absolutely right. So when we see companies like Herbalife who are being attacked by a guy named Bill Ackman,
4: Mm and then you
3: kind of watch the drama that's happening. So for some of the people, they might find this not necessarily very interesting, but what's happened is Carl Icahn has decided that we're going to invest in Herbalife because a long time ago, Bill Ackman pissed off Carl Icahn and actually won in a lawsuit uh, based on something that if Carl was on the phone, he'd say, listen, on a handshake, we made a deal. On paper, it doesn't matter. On handshake, we made a deal. And Bill Ackman actually took him to court, won, and won several million dollars. So he just kind of made the old guy kind of mad. When I say the old guy, that's with affection. as The older mentor made them kind of mad.
4: Mm-hmm. And what's
3: happened recently is Carl Icahn is, He's doubled down on his Herbalife stock He's like making sure that stock Doesn't go down And he's even I'm going to playfully say Manipulating the board To put two of his people They expanded the board of Herbalife To now have some Icon representatives So they could make sure that That stock doesn't go below A certain level (laughs) So whether you like Bill Ackman or you like Carl Icahn, it's kind of interesting to see the drama that's unfolding inside our industry. And I know Axel's got some records to spin, so we'll let Axel spin some records and we'll be back on the other side.
1: Savage Smokes is a new site on the scene dedicated to the trending electronic cigarette industry. If you are looking into e-cigs as an alternative to tobacco and have been disappointed by the ones you picked up at the gas station or you kept your money in your pocket because you didn't know which one to buy, head to SavageSmokes.com for honest and up-to-date electronic cigarette reviews on most e-cigs you see on the shelves. You've been listening to The Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronce and Peter Mingles.
0: Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash
2: Radio. And now, back to the show. And you're back to the desk. And I'm Don. and this is Peter, and we're talking about stuff.
3: Tuesday's our stuff day.
4: Tuesday's stuff day.
3: So the the other part of this equation is, as network marketing companies now have these types of problems, these types of problems, just like JCPenney, are now network marketing kinds of problems. So I guess, in essence, network marketing has matured to being a (laughs) practical business model with real practical business challenges, just like companies like JCPenney
4: or other
3: places along that line as well. So what does this all really mean to anyone that's listening on the phone? I think uh, Dawn had mentioned, you know, the industry is always changing. There's always some challenges. Everybody's got different ways to do it. But the cool thing is it's really a maturing industry where people can do a lot of different things and really have a life by design. And when we start talking about your dash, you know, everything that happens from the start and then the end and everything in between is what you make it, nowadays I think more so than ever before, have the people that are listening in have the opportunity to uh, become successful maybe on their own terms and compete with companies that are on a global scale because the power of social media and everything else like that give us an opportunity that here to date, never before in human existence has ever existed. So, Dawn, when you were a young gal and I was a young man, we never had this as an opportunity. Never. It wasn't even there. And now a lot of people are somewhat zombied. It could be based on, you know, the fluoride in the water or the (laughs) aspartame in your food or who knows what it might be, the stresses of everyday life. But a lot of people are not taking advantage of the inevitable things that are in front of them, and that would be a large mistake. So one -hmm. of the things that I always ask all of our guest speakers is, you know, give us the motivation, or give some people that are listening in maybe a little bit of motivation so they can take the necessary steps and I know you had a conversation, I think it was with Sharon probably later today, but if anybody wanted to hear an inspiring story, I was so inspired by the conversation we had yesterday
2: mm-hmm. with Sharon Abbott. Yes, yeah, she was incredible. she's a super smart lady, and uh she she has a a great vision for a great many things I actually met with her earlier today about our non-profit venture that we're working on and uh, and a little bit about the Dash and some of the vision that we've got and she is just filled to the brim with, with brilliant stuff and she's been at it quite some time and is, is a fantastic role model and and mentor you know any anybody in in leadership has mentors and people that they go to and and, and I think it's super important because one of the things she sees for the dash and uh, and one of the things she sees us as is a huge resource for people who are in network marketing and and for the leaders to be able to bring to listen to our show so that the new people who are in our industry they can learn they can learn what they need and and they can see the things that are important to them and what they need to be able to succeed in business and how we can be more of that and how we can make such a great offering for everybody out there and uh, it was an honor you know that she saw such great things for the dash and you know, it's it's pretty cool, Peter. We have a lot of people who see great things about what we're doing, and and uh, it's like the network marketing industry is both of our lifelong love, so it's uh, it's an honor to serve her, you know?
3: Yep, absolutely. Well, the one thing I wanted to kind of talk about on this, too, and you kind of had helped with a little bit of a transition there, was what we're doing with the foundation. Mm-hmm. We started this organization, well, we started our stuff on a thought process of, hey, Let's do something to hear some voices. There's lots of really good people that are out there. Let's give ourselves and a platform, or let's give ourselves and other people the platform that they deserve to be able to tell this interesting story. Um, So we started with the radio show, and it started off with an hour or so, maybe every once in a while, uh, almost like a daily vitamin or a daily exercise to be able to do something on a regular, somewhat, basis to be able to spread the word, and maybe with the hopes of the thoughts of maybe having other people do that as well. And we knew that as we started to grow, even though we may not have been able to see around every turn through your creativity a lot and plus the creativity of the team that you've gathered, they've done a heck of a job on commercials and now even taking it to the next level of many of the guests that we've had.
2: And the site. The, the site is beautiful. Which, by the way, let me just throw out there that GoDaddy has been down today. So if anyone goes to the-radio.com and finds it down, yes, we know it's GoDaddy's servers are are under some sort of a bizarre attack, and uh, and that's why, but we'll be back up shortly.
3: I didn't know that. Did that yes. new news? I didn't know that.
2: Yes, new news.
3: Okay, so I guess new news. We'll talk about new news in a second relative to that, but it's kind of interesting, uh, kind of interesting. But relative to the... Once I knew that we created the fishbowl, lots of really cool things would happen and we would either attract or other people would be attracted to us and it's really kind of cool to watch it happen. You know, we had um really great we've had some really phenomenal speakers and it seems like, you know, with everyone it just kind of gets better and better and we're building up the cause and As a result of the conversations that we've had with previous people, we've attracted like the Jim Turners into our life. And as a result of that, that really hit a chord with me and I know with you, Dawn, as well, is can we make a difference? And Mm -hmm. in relationship to the foundation... Go ahead. Why don't you go over the like the name? I mean, I know what the name is, but why don't you go over the name and some of the reasons why we came up with the name, so people can kind of start to grab onto that passion, because we're trying to make a difference, and there's a lot of other organizations that are doing it too. And collectively, I think we really can maybe make some major changes in different areas.
2: Okay. So, well, I don't want to say all of that because it's not ready yet, Peter. And they're okay. going to go to the site, and then it's not going to all be there.
3: So imagine that we have a we have our uh hands uh, hand, in, in a general direction saying i promise i won't do it or if i promise i go there it, uh, we know no, it i'm not finished.
2: i'm not doing it no all right so
3: don't do that part so just talk <laughs> about the name the name but that's
2: the all right well don't forget, <laughs> the, um, do the okay. heel
3: part do the heel part i don't
2: have the heel part in front of me oh
3: so it's really easy you got to just remember heel Health economy and liberty
2: Health, health, economy, health
3: economy and liberty, and liberty.
4: <laughs> so our
3: subtitle is is stuff that we're not going to tell you because you're going to probably reverse engineer and figure out what our domain yeah. name is. It's not ready yet because we're down. <laughs> so we're not dropping any clues. But if you if you do focus on health, economy, and liberty, you'll have the essence, if you will, of one of the reasons why we're pushing our nonprofit foundation. And I got to tell you, I,
2: I can. You know what I can do? Yes. I can. Uh, I can read the. Um, I can read the mission statement.
3: Are we going to skip every third word so we can't put it together? No, We're no, gonna... no.
2: It's perfect. It's okay. 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 To create an umbrella organization that provides legal research, counsel, litigation, and legislation, for, and to open channels of communication between the home business industry. And the United States government regulatory agencies to protect and preserve our constitutional freedoms of speech and personal choice in the economic and alternative health and wellness sectors of home business, to provide access to all forms of integrated health information and corresponding treatments, to encourage black and white regulations that support and promote civil liberty, growth opportunity, and economic recovery in the health and economic sectors of home business in the United States of America. Very nice. Didn't you want to just put your hand over your heart?
3: That was nice, great. <laughs> that
2: was a good one. That was great. That was great.
3: And we're attracting some really great people that do amazing things, and I don't mm-hmm. think it's by accident. I think it's either by divine intervention, hard work, and being and doing the right types of things on a regular basis. So we have Jim Turner, who's a wonderful gentleman who has uh, been doing this for like 30 years. We have another James, James Listick who's got a wonderful story about how things, you know, are working for him, and he's really great in the administration side as well. And then we have, you know, yourself and myself and a whole bunch of other people that are really seeing this passion, and Alex as well, um, and a whole bunch of people that are really seeing this passion. And, you know, so far, Don, you take a look at our little thing and if we, we we started in late December, you know, a couple hours here, just two, two <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
3: an hour a day, like Monday and Tuesday, and then all of a sudden it went to the next Monday and Tuesday, and then we were a little bit further. And so far, we're just starting our fourth month.
4: Mm-hmm. And look at
3: all the things that we've been able to do so far.
2: Yeah, it's awesome.
3: So for all those people that are listening in, it, it is an awesome thing. And who knows where it's going to go. Um, okay. So, in reference back to some of the things that I wanted to talk about on this call, one of the things that I had um, that we are really passionate about, I think, is the ability for people to speak. And I was doing some research on something, and I don't want to pick out any specific company, but um, I gravitate towards nutritional companies. And Dawn, I can't tell you how many nutritional companies that probably should know better. When you go to their website, they're saying and doing all the wrong things based mm-hmm. on the. I mean, saying and doing all the wrong things. And, um, you know, making promises or commitments that they can't keep, telling people how easy it is, and it may not be. You know, they use words. Now, this is a salesman's pet peeve. They say things like, all you have to do is share the product with other people. And, you know, one of my little pet peeves is, hey, Don, if I share with you my lawnmower, you bring it back. Mm-hmm. Or you keep it one way. Mm-hmm. But if I share with you my lawnmower and I ask you for a credit card, that's called selling.
4: <laughs>
3: so we don't share. We don't share nothing. We don't share nothing. You might expose it to other people, but you might share with other people with the attempt of selling something. So my biggest thing is always just to refine your skills and kind of weed through some of the stuff that's out there, so you can actually do things the right way. Because just because some people might do it the wrong way doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do it the weak way or the wrong way as well. You can actually dig in. And that, hence, leads to my little slam on sometimes things that happen in our industry where people maybe – maybe they just didn't read the article or maybe they just weren't reading it with this kind of eye. But in the DSA, for those people that are unfamiliar with, like, the organizations in our industry, DSA deals mostly with companies – stands for the direct selling association. And one of the companies that I started with, which is called Electrolux, which changed its name now to eris is a member of the DSA. And there's lots of good companies. Some of them like our party plans, like Avon and I don't know if Tupperware is, but um lots of other companies are. Herbalife certainly is. Um one of the um Somebody is saying that there's some thunder in the area, so I'm going to, if I have to take over, I'll take over. So, but one of the things that happened recently is Herbalife's uh, chairman is, uh, I'm sorry, Herbalife has a chairman on the DSA. So, when I started to look at stuff back and forth with Ackman and the stuff that was going on with that, I started to look at the DSA's response towards um, these allegations. And one of the things that they said that I kind of disagree with is they said that people in network marketing or direct selling, they used the word direct selling specifically, only join or mostly join network marketing companies to get a discount on the product. So they get a discount on the product first, and then they become salesmen because they love the product. Now, I know that's a method. Some people do get sold on the product, and they love the product so they can get the discount. But most... I think the word most would be wrong. I think the word would be some because almost all of the people that I know that took a look at direct selling, especially all the ones that I hired with Electrolux, especially all the ones we hired with P.F. Collier, especially all the ones that I did with almost everyone I worked with in any nutritional company I was with or any other company I was with, most of them started as a result of the income opportunity, not necessarily just because product users. So we're going to come back on the other side and discuss that a little bit. So Axel's going to spin some records. Are you in a rut about your taxes? No more with this simple template. Your business
1: deserves the best, and so do you. Try our simple bookkeeping formula. You'll look organized, find your receipts, and you might even get a write-off. One thing is for sure, you'll thank us. Visit bit.ly forward slash the dash taxes. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash D-A-S-H taxes. You've been listening to The Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBrance and Peter Mingles.
0: Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at wwwthe Text Dash to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook dot com slash the dash radio, and now back to the show.
2: And we're back with Peter Meagles talking about stuff.
3: <laughs> and just to kind of explain, I didn't make Dawn cry during the interview, so she's struggling with breathing. She's got a really bad head cold or something like that, right? I think you gotta you gotta give me a break because other people think I woke think I'm up being an eighty
2: year old man. I don't know what okay. you're about.
4: Okay. <laughs>
3: So one of the the great things about people that make it is they show up no matter what. The show must go on. So, all right, so back to my little rant about the DSA and the concept that they say most people join as product users and then become so in love with the product they become salesmen, and I say, I'm not necessarily sure if that's the most word that I would use. It might be some, it might be a lot, but certainly not most. I think most people that take a look at network marketing specifically, which is a Subdivision of direct selling probably do it for the income opportunity. And now, this is what Bill Ackman might say, as well as other people that think like him, which, by the way, is a true statement. One of the true statements is most people become customers of network marketing as a result of a failed business experience. What does that mean in English? They join, they get emotionally involved in the product. And then even if they're not building the business, they become lovers of the product and wind up becoming really good and loyal customers. Mm
4: -hmm. So what
3: Bill Ackman would say, correctly, by the way, I believe, is that a lot of people are customers because of a failed business experience. Now, that's a shame, kind of, because they came into the business for the income opportunity. It's kind of neat that the company keeps the volume and that the people making the commissions on everything keep the volume because people do fall in love with the product. And their ability to speak about that product is something that we're fighting for, you know, about you know whether it helped them with their arthritis or losing weight or whatever it might be. But the reality is, is part of the business model is people ultimately coming in and then ultimately failing, but staying in love with the product. And then there's the classification, which, by the way, we're going to see maybe later on this month where – Herbalife is going to reclassify those people not as failed distributors, but as loyal retail customers
4: that are buying into
3: the discount. So for all those people that understand what I just said, Herbalife is now – Bill Ackman is actually forcing the change of the way Herbalife calls themselves either distributors or customers – based on his allegation that most of your customers' Herbalife are not customers by choice. They're customers because they're failed business people and they invested a lot of money into all this product, and then eventually you kind of sucked them in and they got emotionally involved, so they stayed anyway. Now, is that a bad business model or a good business model? I don't know. You formed your own opinion. But the most important thing that I wanted to suggest is one of the things that Bill Ackman did make another valid point on is so many people, Dawn, they quit their jobs based on the video that they see about becoming rich and famous. They mm. quit. They right. They, we've seen it before. They they quit their jobs because somebody told them it was easy. I'm going to help you build the business.
4: Mm-hmm. And they
3: flash their paycheck. They quit their jobs, or don't go to school, or don't do whatever they were going to do. Their lives are misdirected based on a false promise, and that's part of the issue that I have relative to this industry. Where Mm -hmm. it could be so good if it's done the right way. Yep. So, all right. So since you're not breathing so well, I'm going to continue. Please. So how do you you handle this information if you're here? Well, the business model behind network marketing, I think, is probably the fairest. I can't say ingenious because it's really quite simple, but it's one of the fairest things I've ever seen. And we did a little movie called the the MLM Business Compensation Plan, but you don't have to watch the little movie. You can just kind of like get this idea. And the way it works for some people that are listening in, if Dawn and I were trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to do? We're going to make a product. We're going to call it a widget for a second. And say, for instance, Dawn and I are business owners. We're going to need a sales force. So when we did sales force, a sales force generates sales in one of several ways. One of the ways it does it is outright and direct sales. So it goes out and finds people that may not have been thinking about the product, and it goes and they get them. They can do some advertising. They can do word-of-mouth advertising, which is always very powerful. They can do whatever they choose to get sales, and whoever made the sale deserves a certain level of commission. So me and Don, you know, we're kind of we're going to make this up. We're we're kind of brand new at this, and we go and we sponsor, and we're going to call that gentleman Alex. And when we sponsor Alex, we're going to pay Alex a commission. Well, Alex really falls in love with this product, and he talks to his friend. Uh Joe. Who?
4: Joe. We're
3: talking to Joe. So Joe says, wow, Alex, I really love this. Can you show me how to do this? He says, absolutely. I'm making a couple extra bucks. So as he's making his couple extra bucks, he shows his friend Joe, and we need to give Alex and Joe compensation for selling our product. So we kind of figure out what's the maximum level we can put in commissions, and then we have to figure out how to split it. Now, when Dawn, you and I were training Alex, we deserved all the commissions. Alex deserved his commission, but we deserved the profit. Well, now that Joe's involved and Alex really is doing the training, and we may be partially involved, Alex deserves some, and Joe's the one who does the work. So historically, the one who does the work deserves the most money. So we pay Joe the most because he's the one actually selling. Alex, a little bit of a training fee based on the override to give Alex the incentive. And we always keep a little bit of, a, of for ourselves because we decided how much maximum commission. Well, that would be a two-level D program. Well, what if Joe wanted to share the opportunity with Sally? Well, maybe he should. And then you might say, well, geez, how big is that piece of the pizza pie that you can actually distribute or cut up? I mean, how many ways can you cut it up? This is where words like, we're going to pay you to infinity, don't make any sense. Because you can't cut up that slice of pizza to infinity. There's just so much of that pizza you can cut up. So for companies that use those words like infinity bonuses, they usually mean something else other than you can't pay infinite levels down. So usually... Network marketing companies have certain levels, and that's kind of their proprietary thing. We call a compensation or a marketing package or plan. And then bonuses for people that really go out there and perform. So if you really think it through, whether, you know, Don, we were selling lawn care services or we were selling haircuts or we were selling roofing or we were selling widgets or nutritional products, the network marketing compensation plan really works because it's compensating a lot of the people that are actually doing the work.
4: Absolutely.
3: And and that's what's so brilliant about it. It was designed, you know, arguably, depending on who you're talking to, by, you know, the precursors to the Amway people, which is like Neutralite, and there was a couple of other people before them that kind of came up with this concept. But they started to do that in probably the 1930s, 40s, or 50s, depending on who you want to get the frame of reference to. But it's a compensation plan that should, that's going back towards, you know, the beginning of commerce, and it just makes a lot of sense. And if anybody were on the phone designing a compensation plan and they could share the wealth with the people that are really doing the work, they would probably do that. And the people they've left out is the main advertisers, you
4: know. That's right.
3: If you can pay, instead of putting it on the newspaper in the Wall Street Journal, which would be a different way of advertising or marketing a product, they're going to share that back with the people. So for all the people that sometimes give network marketing a bad rap because of the compensation plan, they just, I think, just don't have it explained to them because when it's explained and they see it really working live, it's, I can't use the word brilliant. I can't use the word ingenious because it's common sense and it just flat out works. So yep. for all those people that might be listening in, that's what is so attractive to the network marketing thing and now the internet has just made it that much easier for lots of people until the Chinese get involved and they go whack and go daddy <laughs> <laughs>
4: again
3: and then you can't use your debit card anymore because North Korea is having a nuclear war somewhere <laughs> so we <laughs> so we are always based on the technology and my little mental verbal Massage on technology is it works most of the time.
2: Did did you hear? um, Oh no, sorry. Never mind. We're we're almost there. I don't want I don't want to start another story. Okay. No, but you can.
3: Well, my technology story was it works most of the time. Yeah And by definition, that means it doesn't work some of the time.
4: That's that's right.
3: So when it's not working, don't get too mad. Like plan a couple of those days inside your calendar.
4: That's
3: right. No, but you wanted to start a story, so go ahead.
2: No, I don't want to start the story. Okay.
3: Okay, so relative to technology. So now we take a look at the situation that we have at hand. And you and I have co- you and I don't have similarities in certain aspects and that is that we we have children that are <laughs> in school, right? Yes. And we have children that either think the way we do or don't. And then we have children that ultimately we're going to be responsible for, I guess. You know, you take a look at it as a responsible parent, you wonder what are we going to do when these kids grow up? And these kids now have opportunities that we never had when we were first getting started. Good ones and bad ones, lots of ways to get themselves in trouble, and also lots of ways to actually have, you know, everything that they ever wanted so they'll never have to deal with some of the tragic stories of working for corporations that Mm -hmm. lots of our guest speakers ever speak about. So it's kind of like an interesting world. So where everybody in the technology field is trying to figure out how to make an app for it, Apple is like, you know, getting bombarded with people that want to make applications for this little thing called a phone. Mm -hmm. hewlett Packard is really struggling right now. Dell is really struggling right now because they were the darlings of the industry. If you remember, Michael Dell was listed like, oh my gosh, this guy's like so smart (laughs) because he made a really great computer that a lot of people wanted to buy and Gateway in the same way. And now all of a sudden people are trying to figure out how to do their whole entire life on something that'll fall in the toilet if you
2: (laughs) (laughs) don't
4: the wrong
3: way.
2: I love my iPhone, Peter. You you can make fun all you want. I I love my iPhone. Your
3: your iPhone on my daughter and all the other girls out there is toasting their ovaries as we
4: speak.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Because they keep it right next to their female reproductive organs. And I'm like, (laughs) I just don't think standing next to the microwave is a really smart thing. So I don't even want to know what your grandkids are going to look like or my grandkids. Because based on like Ten years of having Like you know They have to have Their iPhone Somewhere sitting Mm -hmm. Right for their
4: ovaries
3: (laughs) It's kind of a little crazy This is true But I got to I got to share with you I've been um, I would still be using My brick phone If my wife didn't Kind of tease me Out of using it And the only reason why Is because it's really heavy And the the button's really big But when you turn me On to an iPhone I got to tell you I really like it It's a It's a great thing And we use it For our business I mean It's We use it for our business. I have my programmers on who can actually they can actually fix a server, you know, maybe not physically fix, but they can reboot a server, they can change code, they can change different settings, they can run their they can run my business from their iPhone. That's right. Which which gives me great power to be able to make sure that our business stays up twenty four hours a day, seven days a week.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Worldwide.
2: Brilliant stuff
3: world brilliant stuff and for those people not to to those people that are listening not to take advantage of that i think would be a mistake so as we start to maybe wrap this up uh 16 years ago i had to make a decision i was in direct sales and doing above average in direct sales and the company that i was working with couldn't keep up with financing the sales we would write so in essence the sales department put the company out of business because we wrote so many sales they couldn't finance them and that created a problem and we couldn't Mm -hmm. get financing on our own so I decided that I needed to do something else and I wasn't very technically inclined but I figured that might be a weakness that might hold me back and the price so this is a little motivational speech for anybody that might be listening in I realized that the price that I paid for not learning would be much greater than the price that I would pay for learning Mm -hmm. it. So for all those people that are listening in when they hear Bob talk about his tax stuff, (laughs) us talking about, you know, the evangelist for home-based businesses, the price that you will pay for not learning is insignificant relative to the price that you will pay if you don't learn it. So for all those people looking for measurable differences, it could mean the difference between Success and failure over the next couple of years That's certainly going to happen Because I don't think this little www thing Is going away if you know what I mean Yep So on that note let's talk about Who's coming on tomorrow
2: Oh Peter you're just I I don't have any (laughs) I'm just going to say it out loud I am in bed for this show I am sick I am in bed I'm not in the office I don't have anything (laughs) (laughs) I just I I showed up. It's the most that I could do. Showed up. <laughs> so so up. tomorrow be here. We're going to be here at seven o'clock Eastern. It's a surprise. The guest is a surprise. <laughs> <laughs>
3: and if, if, to really finish it up, if you're really thinking about it, guess what? Right? You can even you can't even call in sick anymore to a home based I can't. <laughs>
2: So that's it. We're, we're going. Have a wonderful evening. We'll be here tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. <laughs> Bye, guys.
1: Thanks for listening to the show. At The Dash, we know that your time is precious, and your choosing to spend it with us means a lot.
0: To get reminders for our live shows, click follow on the top of any show.
1: Also, subscribe to our blog for articles, inspirations, and great products and services for your ever-growing business at thedashradio.com.
0: For upcoming mobile experience, text DASH to 37404. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the DASH radio.
1: Again, thanks for spending some of your DASH with us. We look forward to talking with you again soon.